Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Joining me now again here on the Six Rings and Football Things podcast at Gillette Stadium for our weekly check-in with a Patriots beat writer is Kevin Stone, New England Football Journal. Kevin, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Okay, so we're going to get it out of the way real quick. People that follow us on Twitter may realize that, uh, hey, you're an optimistic guy, Mm -hmm. and your optimism may have gotten the best of you this summer when you made a certain bet with me for Mike Kosicki that he would have more than 12 touchdown receptions. Uh, How's the pace going? Uh, Not great. Um, (laughs) I knew this was coming. I didn't know when. I knew it was going to come today. Um, It's funny. I texted you this yesterday when Farrell Brown got that touchdown, and all I saw was the eight. Um, I immediately put my hands up, and I almost texted you, and I saw the six after, and I was devastated uh, watching a New York hook. Uh, I may have had a few beers that night, but we made the bet. I also made the bet with Brian Hines um, from SB Nation, which might have been even dumber at that point. Look, he's been, uh, he's been quiet this year. There's no denying it, and um, the whole offense has been quiet, though. So um, I am not conceding yet. We are three weeks in, but I am planning on buying you beers at some point. Uh, it is probably already all over. Okay, so you're not con- conceding, and that's where I wanted to start because mm-hmm. uh, I wrote a little column this morning. It was a questioning column, not an answering column, mm-hmm. because that's what we can do in the media. We don't have to yeah. come up with the answers. We just ask the questions. Mm-hmm. Um, this offense is mediocre. I mean, you look at the numbers. They're middle of the road in a lot of numbers. Yeah. They're actually good in the red zone. They just can't get there enough. Mm-hmm. They need more points. They're down near the bottom of the league in points. Where is the the spark going to come from? Where is whatever is going to ignite them and get them going in the right direction offensively? Um, I think it's more just, you know, we always talk about them kind of treating September like the preseason. Yep. And I think there's still an element of that. This team can't afford it, but I do think they're still doing that right now. Um, the easy answer is to Mario Douglas. You know, I felt like he should be a red zone guy. Maybe not just necessarily a red zone guy, but more of a third down guy. Um, but I think it just needs to come with time. And I know that's kind of a cop-out answer. But again, we're only three weeks in. Like, there's still... We just heard Mac talk about five minutes ago. They're still sort of, sort of working through things. So, look, the easy answer is Hunter Henry and, and Mike Isecki. For me, I mean, they're two of your biggest <laughs> targets. But overall, I do think it's just about time and, um, and still working with Bill O'Brien and and getting used to each other. Again, it sounds like a cop-out, but I do think it's going to be better at some point. 
No, I do think it's a process, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just listened to David Andrews talk about the offensive line and the fact that you know they're coming together and getting practice mm-hmm. reps now. And he talked about how huge that is, yeah. even though most of them denied it in August when we asked about the lack of continuity mm-hmm. and the lack of guys being out there. He acknowledged that, yeah, getting five guys out there, getting your best five guys out there, that should help the running game. They're coming off 150 yards, certainly heading to Dallas against a suspect run defense. Yeah. That's probably part of the process. Can that be the ignition? Because I have thought for a while, Ramondre Stevenson probably should be your best offensive player. He has not been your best offensive player to start the year. Can it be as simple as get the line out there healthy together and then get Ramondre Stevenson averaging more than 2.9 yards per carry? You would think so, but part of me is actually worried about him. Uh Uh-oh. Just, I mean, I don't know if you feel the same way. Just watching him run these first three weeks, he doesn't look the same. Nope. Um, And I'm not sure if it's, again, the offensive line or if it's him. Um, the easy answer is yes. I mean, you know, I covered Boston College last year. Their offensive line was in shambles. This year it's night and day, and you can see them. You can just see the continuity there. It's the same way for any football team. So I do think that's probably the easy answer. But as far as Ramondre goes, I'm not totally sold that we're going to see the same Ramondre that we've seen, and I'm not sure why. So my working theory on that, I'm Mm -hmm. glad we go in that direction because I think that's a problem. I think he has been indecisive. I think he's pitter-pattering. I found it very interesting and telling that Bill Belichick denied that and basically said he has the best vision of any back we've ever had here or maybe as good as any back we've had here, however he said it. And I think that's one of those doth protest too much. And I don't think it's all Ramondre's fault. I do think the line is part of it. I think he is not trusting of the hole, so therefore he's looking for a hole rather than just hitting a hole, but because he's not sure that hole is going to be there. So I do think there's some probably uh, positivity on the horizon there. And I think Zeke can help that. I think he physically brought a little bit of a boost last week in New York. And I think leadership-wise, mentality, he's a guy that doesn't dance a lot. He's Mm going to hit some holes. And I think that relationship they have, and he's, you know, Ramondre's talked about it, looking up to him, and they share an agent, I think, and all that whole thing. Um, So I do, I still have faith in Ramondre Stevenson that you're going to get, but I also say, you know, this is a week where against the Cowboys, there's sort of a slanting front where he's probably going to have to look for holes a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we can't be frauds. If he's looking for holes and then pops off a 60-yard run, we can't be like, right. you know, yeah, you're up. Well, no, it's the same thing he's been doing. It just happened to work out. So I am not um, – Well, I might – worry might be too far. Yeah. Again, he's still very talented. and um, But I just go back to the workload over the last two years. And, look, he doesn't look run down yet. It's week three. But to your point, there's some hesitation there. Absolutely. And I wonder if it's just because of, you know, how much he's been through these first two years, two years, three years, two years. Um, two plus, yeah. 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 So, um, look, I'm not, you know, I'm not setting him down the river yet by any means. He's still, he needs to be a huge piece of what you have. It's just, uh, um, I don't know if we're getting the same Ramondre throughout this year that we got last year. So if I am going to worry... Um, I'm going to spend some of my worry on uh, the receiver position, and I'm going to worry about the fact that Juju Smith-Schuster and Devontae Parker were on the field for (laughs) 75% of the snaps, basically, last week, and you essentially got zilch out of it. And specifically Juju, if you look at his numbers three games into his Patriots career, a guy you chose to go get, Mm -hmm. you chose to let Jacoby Myers go. Jacoby Myers is making some plays for the Raiders. Not saying all is great in Las Vegas either, but... Um, you had a guy that I think Mac trusted, that this offense trusted, mm-hmm. that fulfilled the 
old school Belichickian. What do you want in your receivers? Get open and catch the football. Okay, Jacoby Myers did that, and you chose to let him go. Right now, you have Juju averaging 6.6 yards per reception, which, unless you're a fullback, is not very good. Um, his All his numbers are like 60th, 68th. Uh, the yards per catch, I believe, is 130th in the National yeah. Football League. I am worried that you're not going to get any return on that investment. And I've seen people already on Twitter comparing it to uh, Jonu Smith, which I think is actually different. Jonu they bought in terms of projecting. They were gonna, hoping yes. to get more out of. Juju, I think you had a better sample size of who he is, what he is, what he's been, where he's been, what. Um, but am I wrong to think that the Juju experiment is already seemingly not going in a great direction? No, I already think you're screwed. Um, <laughs> just to put it blatantly, look, it's I was high on the signing. I thought he was going to be an upgrade over Jacoby. Um, again, the whole yards after catch thing. Yep. It's all anybody's talked about. But uh, how can you not think it's a, a bust already? I mean... Um, as far as Jacoby goes, I think there's kind of an, an element of injury issues with him. He was concussed, I think, week one. Mm-hmm. Um, was he reliable? Yes. Was he ultimately going to be, you know, a, a game changer for you? No. no. So, in terms of third down guys, again, I, I go back to, I think Douglas needs to be that guy for this team. Um, and I think he can easily be that replacement. But right now, if you're if you're just comparing him to Juju, yeah, no, you made a terrible decision. Um, and, and the other the other problem with it is, look, you knew he was hurt coming out of the offseason. Right. He was hurt. Um, they still spent the money. They really kind of hid him from us for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked that one day when we were here, April, May, whatever it was, and we really didn't see or hear from him for a while with good reason. I mean, for what? Um, yeah, no, you are. We should be very worried. Um, I just don't see... If you watch him and watching high above at MetLife the other day, he can't run. Nope. He can't get out of breaks. Um, he can't get separation, and really nobody on his team can get separation. But um, him especially, they are. that's a huge problem because it's, A, you're not going to get anything for him for trade value, so you, and you're not just going to dump him for whatever money that contract is. So you are stuck with him this year. You need to get something out of him. I just don't know if they can. I know the Mac um, haters or whatever don't like to hear it, but the weapons thing is a real thing. 100%. And I know Hunter Henry just talked about, you know, you, you can have five go-to guys. It's that whole, there's five aces on the Red Sox yeah. and closer by committee. Yeah. Not really. I mean, most teams have a guy that they at least know they have a chance with. Yeah. And Hunter Henry is a good player. Yep. I used the word spark earlier. I don't think Hunter Henry's a spark. I think he's a good player. I don't think he can be the ignition of an offense. Right. He's dependable. He's reliable. He'll do the job. I love him. I think if you were a better offense with a couple other pieces around him, he'd be even better if he were the third option that could just kind of do his thing, go about his business. But I think it's legitimate that, once again, we're talking about weapons. And I know a guy you and I both love was sort of a consideration in the draft, say Flowers, and I'm not, you, you made the right decision. Part of why you're going to be so good on defense is you have Christian Gonzalez. Yeah. But you still need to find a young, dynamic, we've seen it already, speed, the comparisons between the Patriots offense and the offenses they face every week mm-hmm. is glaring. Yeah. And I know that Matt Groh said, you know, if you want speed, you got to draft speed. And he drafted Pierre Strong, no longer here. He drafted <laughs> Tyquan Thornton. Yep. Still here in body, but not on your roster, he's on in, your game he's field. He's on IR. Yeah, he's in bubble wrap. So... 
I still think that might be like you need Al Davis. Al Davis used to just draft off forties. You you need some speed, yeah. but speed that can play and actually be on the field and contribute. So offensively, I still think that's going to be the biggest issue. Defensively, let's get to your area. Positivity. We're going to be positive. We're going to talk about the defense. Um, I am higher on this defense than I thought I would be. They have, to me, answered the questions of playing some good quarterbacks, some good receivers, some good offensive lines. Yeah. You know, Zach Wilson is what he is. But they are playing good defense against whoever you roll out against, receivers, quarterbacks. Are you a believer that this defense can get this team over the top, whatever over the top is? Yeah, and I think, and you know John Sarney, he's my partner at New England Football Journal. We both said since camp we thought this would be a top five, top ten defense. The talent was always there. Now, a guy like Christian Gonzalez, we need to see it first. Right. You watched the other day. He was all over. So, um, Gary Wilson. Yep. He's all over the field, all over, really all over him throughout the afternoon. So, he's legit. Yeah, I mean, I think you have, now, I should say defensive line-wise, you might be in trouble now. You just lost Dana Quale. Um, Devon Godshaw is now, we don't know how hurt. Um, so you might have some, some problems up front, but in terms of linebackers and, and speed in the secondary, I think you're okay. Um, Jonathan Jones, an issue still um, in terms of health, and um, Jack Jones, who the hell knows when we're going to see him. I'm sure we will at some point. But overall, I think that this team is talented enough to maintain what they've been doing. Now, we see Miami just put up 70, and what was it, 700 yards. You held them to 24 points, yep. I think it was. So that's a huge feather in your cap already. Now, biggest problem is late in the season the last two years. It's completely faded. Guys like Matt Judon have completely faded late. So we need to see this for 17, 18 weeks now. But through three, four weeks, it's hard not to believe that this team is, is going to do what they've been doing. So Judon is an interesting guy on and off the field. Mm-hmm. On the field, he's off to another good start. Four yep. sacks, the safety on pace to set a career high for the third straight season in New England. You're getting the ultimate return on that investment. Um, off the field, he is definitely, he's not a captain, right? He's not a captain. No. no. But he's become a spokesman, a leader, I think a tone setter to some degree. And I found it interesting, two weeks ago he comes in, we're not a bad football team. Now he's talking about, you know, the negativity and the different things. And I do wonder, I asked Christian Fourier this on our Six Rings postgame show the other day, and he says it happens because I think we see it happen. Is this team ever in danger of going down that sort of split locker room divide where we're a top five defense? We keep us in every game. We give you the ball multiple times to close games, to win games, and you don't do it. Is that something that could wear this team down over the course of eight weeks, ten weeks as the season wears on? I think it depends on how it looks. Like if this team is losing the games they lost the first two weeks where you're still in it, I think, you know, the defense can say, hey, it's there, they're going to get over that hump at some point. If you're putting up 15 points again, like you like you just did against the Jets, well, now the defense is looking and being like, what the hell? Right. Um, so, I, and look, we were, we were close to the split last year between Bailey and Mack, so... Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, Devin McCourty admitted that. Yeah. That in the locker room there were different sort of right. people saying one guy, the other guy, not knowing. And to their credit, you never... At least we never really saw it. Right. Um, they played hard every time. And um, short answer, yes. Uh, I do think you could get it. I just don't think you will because I do think between the defense keeping you in games and the offense being better with Bill O'Brien, I do think eventually it'll kind of all come together. But, um, again, I just go back to how does it look? That's the biggest thing for me. And 
Um, I hate to go back to Boston College, but it's the same thing right now. Their defense has, you know, kind of held the offense up, and, and last week the defense gave up 600 yards, but the offense put up 28. If you're a guy in that locker room, how are you not looking at someone? And maybe a better example is the Jets. If you're a Jets oh, defensive yeah. player right now, how can you go to work every day knowing you don't have a shot that week? So I don't think it's ever going to be that dire here. Um, but I do think it is possible if the wins don't start coming, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, now we need to wrap this up with, I believe I'm contractually obligated every uh, show or podcast I do. We have to talk about Mac being a dirty player this week. <laughs> um, Mac didn't want to talk about it, not surprisingly. He's focused on the yeah. Cowboys. He uh, basically did not answer the question at all in ter- terms of whatever happened with Sauce Gardner and then this sort of general... Chris Long said he's one of the top five dirtiest quarterbacks in history, which I don't know who the other four are. I was trying to think of who dirty quarterbacks. You don't see dirty quarterbacks. They're just a different breed that are sort of taken out of the physicality of the game. So, simple question, is Mac Jones a dirty football player? Yes. I mean, at this point, how can you not be? The evidence is starting to stack up against him. And when you have multiple players in the NFL, you know, this isn't just a one-time thing now. Um, I've watched... You know, I've watched that video like everybody else has 500 times. I can't tell. I'm not sure it was a full nut tap. Right. It was just sort of a graze, I think. Yeah. Um, now we're getting into, you know. Um, Where exactly were yeah. the nuts and the hands? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously. But, um, yeah, I mean, how can you say he's not at this point? I saw or heard a great comparison yesterday. He's the Grayson Allen oh, of yeah. football right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Um, and I thought that was a perfect way to put it. Now, look, his teammates are obviously going to defend him. Right. But, but, you know, David Andrews talked today, really should have brushed it off. Like, he could have easily said, hey, you know, we're behind Mac and stuff like that. Didn't say that. Nope. Said, I'm focused on the Cowboys. And that's he said, let so, Mac handle that, um, yeah. I think they know. But the other problem there, too, is he's a captain. You can't be having this crap as a captain. Right. And I think Devin McCourty said something again today along those same lines. So I wonder if the other captains have had, you know, kind of a talk with him and, um, and that type of thing. But... How can we not say he's a dirty player? Right. Know. And that's how I look at it. Yeah, Devin brought up the idea like there's too many of these in a row. Yeah. You need to avoid them. Yep. Whether you're dirty or not doesn't mean you're a dirty person, bad person. And that's the thing I get back to. I know Patriots fans are very defensive about Mac and he's not dirty. And I didn't say he's the worst guy ever. Good. I didn't say he's a serial alleged whatever Deshaun Watson is. Like I'm right. just saying on the field, yeah. stuff happens mm-hmm. around him. Yep. It's like saying you're a really good driver, but you've been in 10 accidents. Well, I mean, accidents happen, but do 10 accidents right. happen? At some point, are you playing a factor in the accident? Right. You're probably the problem. It's right. And, and I think, I actually wish he would just say, I don't know what happens to me. Sometimes on the field, I make dumb decisions. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I can tell you this. I'm a competitor, and I sometimes let my competitive juices get the best of me. I'd rather, and then I feel like just move on. Yeah, then everybody I, be like, oh, you admitted it. Yeah. I'd did. rather that because you know there's some fire there. Right. Which we, and, and to his credit, I don't think there's ever a lack of fire. No. With him. But torn it down. It's, like. it's channeling it or, or funneling it or putting it in the Which, right. Because that's the funny thing is I also, he is the first one to try to look for a flag, flop going out oh, of bounds yeah. to see if he can steal something. But he's also the guy who when the QB sneak happens, the whistle blows once, mm-hmm. he's still pushing forward. It blows again, he's still <laughs> pushing forward. Yeah. And then he wonders what happens Why guy throw him to the ground. Well, you didn't stop pushing. Correct. And at some point they get frustrated too. So it's it's a really interesting dynamic for him as a quarterback and as the quarterback of, 
the Patriots, that's always a little extra attention. Oh, I was say, that doesn't help its cause at all. Right. So um, it's certainly not flying under the radar. It's oh. And Chris Long learned the lesson. Patriots fans are coming at you. They want to take away his Super Bowl rings and blah, blah, blah. Um, it's a sensitive topic. But I do think it's as simple as he just needs to be a little smarter. You know, like yeah. you, you drop your kids off at daycare and they say, make good decisions today. Right. Hey, Mac, when you take the field, make good decisions today. And, and I do wonder if that goes back to not just his Bama days, but we always talk about the tennis brat thing. You know, oh, yeah. that's an upbringing kind of thing. You know, and maybe, and I'm, just, I'm not questioning his parents by by any means, but at some point when you're playing youth sports, you learn not to be an a-hole on the field. So Sometimes. Correct. Some don't. So that's more of a, that's a high school, middle school, you learn that crap when you're a kid. So maybe he just wasn't ever sort of disciplined in any way for doing dumb stuff on, on the field. I also think uh, if he wins, some of it goes away. Because um, I think Tom Brady was a baby. I think Tom Brady did questionable things. I think Bill Belichick's a baby, a sore loser. Mm-hmm. I think Nick Saban's a sore loser. Yep. You know how they squash that? Don't lose. <laughs> win. Right. Then you can't be a sore loser if you always win the game. Right. And I think Brady and Belichick and Saban mm-hmm. push through those. Mac is a losing quarterback in the NFL. He's struggling to find his footing, make or break year three. I think that kind of fluffs up some of the stuff. Okay, before we let you go, again, Kevin Stone, New England, for- New England Football Journal, joining us. Um, Need a prediction. Need what you think could unfold Sunday afternoon in Dallas. The players all seem giddy to play at Cowboys Stadium, like against the Cowboys. Big game. This is a very interesting game. So what what do you think? Well, it's just in terms of those comments, it feels like there's still, you know, there's still kids looking at the star on TV. You know, so that was a little, I don't want to say worrisome, but um, sort of, you know, looking at all. Yeah. Which, which like more they're going to a place where big time football yeah. happens, and it's like, wait, you're the Patriots. You're <laughs> supposed to be big time, right? Football. I mean, maybe the White House isn't as good as <laughs> right. as the school board there, but um, I think offensively they're in trouble. Um, it's just after what I saw last week, you shouldn't beat the Jets by at least fourteen. And I know that's a good defense. This might be a better defense. Probably is a better defense. I'm not sure how they score more than seventeen points um, defensively. We talked about them earlier. Yes, this defense is good, but look, CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott, um, it's going to be an issue. Uh, I'm going to say 27-14 maybe, oh. Dallas. I just don't – I feel like they sort of come down – well, not come down to earth, but I just don't know. Put it this way. If Dallas had won last week, I think it's a, a different spot. I hate this spot for the Patriots. I really do. It was my first thought when I saw the score, the score um, against Arizona – it's a weird spot. Dallas can't afford to lose this game. Mike McCarthy can't afford to lose this game, um, especially with a guy like Jerry Jones pushing the button. So um, I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like Dallas sort of pulls away in this one. Okay, he's Kevin Stone. Head over to New England Football Journal. Subscribe. We should say it's one of the more interesting websites out there because they cover everything. Well, not everything. They don't always make it down to the South Coast <laughs> for high school football, but we they cover. cover high school football, college football, yep. NFL football, prep football. They have you covered. Kevin, thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll be back next week here at Gillette Stadium for another in our series of chats getting to know the beat writers. This is Six Rings and Football Things.